are. Okay, so Matthew 13, 1 through 23. Now, I'm just going to read verse 23, and then we'll go back and read the rest as we go through. So, uh, verse 23. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as has been planted. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, I praise you and I thank you, Lord God. I ask that you would just speak to us through your word. Lord, your word never comes back void. We ask that we'd have open hearts and open minds to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, you may be seated. We're going to be looking at the parable of the sower this morning and going through four different soil types, and we'll explain that as we go through. The question I want you to think about this morning is, which soil is your heart? So as we go through, there's going to be four different soils. As we go through, I want you to examine and say, you know, which one of those are, are my heart? Which one is mine? So let's read together um, verses 1 through 9. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered together to him. So he got into the boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns. And the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus is here speaking a parable. He, there's, a, there's a large crowd. He's by the shore. And so what does he do? He gets up into a boat and he starts preaching to them so they could all see him and hear him. So he's standing there preaching. And he's preaching about soils, four different soil types. Now, this, this parable is not about the farmer, it's not about the seed, it's about the soils. Um, and the first soil is the wayside or footpath. And that's in between each plot of land. If you have farmland, there's areas you've got to walk. And it's hard-packed soil, you know paths, they're very hard. If you throw a seed on it, it's not going in, it just bounces like concrete. And so the seed was scattered and immediately birds came and swooped it up and ate the seed. And it didn't produce any fruit. The next one is a stony place, a rocky soil. And, and I couldn't find a good picture of this, but in Israel, there's a bedrock of limestone. And there's areas where there's about an inch of dirt, and then the rest is limestone. So the seed would go in, and it would grow when there's plenty of rain, but then the sun would come. And you'd have a, you know, we've had a number of dry weeks, right? So, and everything would dry up, and it, it would kill the plant because it didn't have the depth of root to get the water. It was too shallow. The third soil is the thorns and the weeds. And this is, you know, as they scattered the seed, it fell amongst the weeds. And if you know, some try to keep their lawns beautiful, it's hard when you have all these weeds growing up, right? And it chokes out the plant and it doesn't produce fruit. So that was the third soil. And the final soil was the good soil where the farmer wanted it to go. He wanted to go in the good soil so it could produce a huge crop. And that's, that, that's the beginning of the parable it's talking about. But then he says, he says this, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. If, if people were just listening, oh, this is a nice story about farming. 
Oh, this farmer, oh, I know about that. I'm a good farmer. I could tell him a thing or two. Right? They would just think of that. But he said, he who has spiritual ears, let him hear. He who has an open heart, let him hear. He's calling to something deeper or more spiritual. See, the parable is, it kind of, if you're not looking deeper, you just miss it completely. It just seems surfacey, like it's about a farmer. So Jesus is going to go into that in more detail. But which soil is your heart? There are four different soil types. If we look at our heart and how receptive we are to the Lord, you know, are, are we like the footpath? Are we like the soil that it just only goes in a little bit? Are we being cramped out by weeds? Are we really open at all times to what the Lord has? We need to examine ourselves. Now, most of us would say, hey, I'm the fourth soil. I am open to the Lord at all times. That's not true. You're lying. Or you're, or you're deceiving yourself because the reality is there are always times in our, our, our hearts that we're closed off to. Like, I'm okay with God with this, this, and this area, but this area, mm, I'm not ready yet. And we need to examine our hearts and saying, um, which soil is your heart? And we're, we're asking that you would examine your heart this morning. So he switches. So he goes to explanation of the parable of the sower, and then there's this like, interlude, this intermediate area where it goes on a different tangent, but it's totally connected. And then we go on to the explanation he gives of the parable of the sower at the end. So in verse 10 it says, his disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to people? Like, can't you just tell us straight? Just tell us what you want, your meaning, what you're saying. And he does it other times. But uh, you got to understand, a parable is a story, right, that may or may not be true, but it has a deeper, more significant spiritual meaning. So on the surface, it just seems like a story about a farmer, but if you look at the deeper, more significant meaning, you'd understand it. Let's see the next verse. Verses 11 through 12. He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. So Jesus is here, and he's um, talking to disciples, and he's telling them, the reason you, you know this has been given to you, I've been giving you the mysteries of the kingdom. It can only be explained by me. Right? Only Jesus can explain it to him, the mysteries. It seems surface, but if you want to go deeper, you need to be connected with Jesus. You need to allow the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. And he goes, it's explained to them. And it says it here, that for whoever has, more will be given. And he will have an abundance. That, um, to understand these, these mysteries that I have of, of the faith, understanding the deep truths of Scripture, I will give you more. If you're seeking me, I will give you more. And I will give you more. I'll keep speaking to you about this. Understanding the word. Understanding the words of Jesus. But to those who are really not interested, saying, oh, that's a nice sermon, oh, that's a nice teaching, oh, that's a nice scripture, really just kind of being religious and not really interested in diving deep with Jesus. It says, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And a little bit he gets, it'll just go, you know, oh, that was great, and then walk out and forget about it. God is looking for ones who are seekers. God is looking for the ones who have open hearts to the Lord that they could receive to him from him. And as believers, if you believe in Jesus, he died on the cross for your sins, he rose again from the dead, it says the Holy Spirit resides in you, and he is your teacher. And in John 14, 26, 
But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said. The Holy Spirit, as a believer, he will teach us the scriptures, right? You want to know the the depths of understanding of scripture? Oh, man, I can't. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. He will teach you. He will remind you of verses. You'll be studying a passage, and he'll remind you of other verses. And I'm like, oh, wait, what about that verse? Oh, wow, look at that. I never saw that connection before. And the Holy Spirit will continue all throughout your life. Uh, it's, it, I'm amazed every year, more and more. I've read this passage 20 times. I've never seen this. The Lord says, yeah, because it's not time. I want to reveal it to you now. And the Lord will reveal his truth to you over and over and over again. We need to be attentive and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, speak. I, 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 when I go to the word, Lord, I, I want you to speak to me. Open my heart and my mind to what you're saying here. I don't want it to be surface. I, I, I want to know your truths. And we come with an open heart and open mind before the scriptures. The Lord speaks. Maybe, maybe you're not hearing because you're not coming asking for the Holy Spirit to speak. You're not expecting him to speak to you in the word. And it's just a religious routine where, okay, I'm supposed to read the Bible because I'm a good Christian. Okay. Oh, that's a nice story. Oh, that was a funny story. I kind of like that. I think there's some humor in that. Okay. And you move on. If that's all you're getting from the word, you're not getting anything. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to minister and speak to you and come expecting him to speak. And the Holy Spirit will speak. Goes on. Verse 13. Therefore I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see. And hearing they do not hear. Nor do they understand. You know a lot of times Jesus is speaking in parables. And like the Pharisees they thought they got it. They thought they knew who Jesus was. They said oh he's a teacher or he's a charlatan or whatever. They didn't realize God in human form was standing in front of them. They didn't realize the Messiah, the true words of all life is standing for him speaking. And they weren't attentive like oh no I know who you are. I'm good. But he spoke in parables for reasons so they wouldn't get it unless they were really seeking. And I kind of look at his parables as like this. Um, it's kind of like an optical illusion. Like you look at it and what do you see first? Some would say, I see a bunny. Others would say, well, you bunny. Oh, I see a duck. What are you talking about? It's a duck. And, you, and most of you have seen this, so it's not shocking right now. It's like, I see both because I've done it. I understand that. But it's kind of like that because you could be arguing saying, I see a bunny. And the other one's arguing, I see a duck. And you're both right. But the reality is, as parables, we think we get it, right? The surface. He's talking about farming. Jesus is talking all about farming. He's a good farmer, you know. I, I thought he's a carpenter, but I guess he's a farmer too. And they don't realize that there's a deeper spiritual meaning. It's kind of like another example would be like, what do you see here? Right? What do you see? People are like, I see Jesus. Now it's a tree. So you think you're seeing it, but okay, you see the carving. It kind of looks like Jesus' face. It's just a tree. Right? But that's kind of like a parable, right? We think we're getting it. We think we're seeing it. But we're not unless we're, see, we're seeing the deeper meaning that Jesus has for it. And the Holy Spirit reveals those things to us. So then it goes on. Verse 14. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that, the, so that I shall heal them. And Jesus is talking about Old Testament prophecy as being fulfilled in their midst. 
The people that day, the Pharisees, were not interested in seeing. They thought they hear. They thought they understood who Jesus was. They didn't realize he was the Messiah standing before them. He was a Savior. He was God in human form speaking to them. So they wanted him out. He's like, oh, this, he's getting our power. Let's get him out of here. Let's get rid of him. They didn't see. So they thought they heard, but they were completely dull to it, completely closed off. And what is the explanation they give for not understanding Jesus? Look at that, what it says here. The explanation is, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes, they have closed. You hear It's intentional. Their eyes, they have closed. They intentionally close it, intentionally close their ears, made their heart dull to Jesus. That's intentionality there. And that's why they didn't see. That's why they didn't see who Jesus was, because they intentionally closed their ears, their eyes, and their hearts. And I wonder how many of us at times intentionally close ourselves off to Jesus. Maybe it's one area of Scripture. Maybe it's one area of understanding. God, I'll do this and this and this. No. Mm. I'll just, every time I hear that preach, I'll just move on, let it go, right? We ever do that? And we close ourselves off to it. And we may be closed off ourselves right now to Jesus because we like our sin, right? We like doing what we want to do. We're, um, we're too busy to do what Jesus is calling us. That's too crazy. That's too, that's too fearful. I don't want to do it. So what do we do? We close ourselves off and our hearts off to him. And so when he speaks about parables, the parables, he speaks on surface level. For those who are closed off, they don't see the deeper Meaning, they don't see the deeper truth Jesus wants to communicate. But those who are open, have opened their eyes, opened their ears, opened their hearts, they see the deeper truth and they yearn for the deeper truth of the scripture and what the Lord has for them. So that's why God is calling us to open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to him. We don't want to be like the Pharisees. The Pharisees would say, oh, my, um, they would exactly be like, my eyes aren't closed, my ears aren't closed, my heart's not closed. But they were. And so if you, you're saying, mine's not, maybe we need to evaluate, where am I at? Am I like the Pharisees? Where I'm just religious, I go to church on Sunday, and I do the religious thing, and I'm really closed off to Jesus. Or do I want to be the disciples that are asking him, pulling him aside, Jesus, what do you mean by that? What's going on? I don't understand this parable. And he goes and explains it to them. We got to examine which one we are. What does it look like for a person in church to shut out Jesus? We can understand somebody on the streets has no interest in anything of Jesus. You could, that's an easy one. But what does it look like for somebody in the church to shut out Jesus? Right? They would, they would go to church. They would go to youth group or Bible study or Sunday school. They would be a part of it, right? They'd go weekly. Um, but then they would ignore the teaching, right? They'd be there, good sermon, good preaching, good Bible study, and kind of go out and not follow what was taught and kind of do their own thing. Maybe um, live like society. You look no different from the workplace you're in. They have no idea that you're different from, than others, that you're not a follower of Jesus. Um, wouldn't be seeking Jesus daily, right? Well, I, you know, I have a time with God. Oh, I haven't had it in, it's been about three weeks, but I'm going to do it today. Oh, wait, I got this to do. Let me, I'll do this. Jesus is not a priority. You're not seeking him on a daily basis. Because why are you not seeking him? Because you're not expecting him to tell you anything. You know, I almost find the time with God, if you're not expecting him to speak, it's just, it's just a literature book you're reading. That's really what it is. If you're expecting Jesus to speak to you, if you're expecting him to, to, to meet with him, you're going expecting him to teach you. And you're going to be there to, for him to teach you. Now, for some, it takes habit. If you say, I haven't done this, 
you need to develop that habit. Set your alarm every day a little earlier and say every day, first thing I'm reading the scriptures. I'm going to set my time. You need to develop that habit. And once the habit starts going, it becomes routine. Even on the days you feel like not reading at all, you're like, oh no, this is what I read. Lord, I don't feel like reading. I'm here for you. Speak. You know, and he'll speak. But you, you need to set that pattern. So if you haven't set that pattern, I want to encourage you to do that. Um, that's the most meaningful part of every day is meeting with the Lord. So we need to examine ourselves and examine our hearts saying, is, am I really following the Lord or am I just fooling myself? Now, what would it look like for a person in the church to truly listen to Jesus? They have eyes that are open, ears that are open, heart that are open. What would that look like? You know, they would seek after him from their heart. It's sincerity. It's not religiosity. It's like, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do today whatever it is. It's not perfect. You know, you have your days. I have my days, you know. It's not like I'm, I'm like Jesus every day. That's, I, I might get a split smidget of a day like Jesus, like a minute. That's, that might even be long. It might be every second. Jesus, I'm following you every step of the way. You know, but there are, we have our good and our bad. Like, the reality is my heart is seeking after Jesus. I fail. Jesus, forgive me. It's, it's a heart that is yearning for him. That's um, what you're looking for. A daily time with him is what you're looking for. Um, seeking to obey him even when it's difficult, even when nobody's looking, you're seeking to obey him and honor him and be submissive to him. A worshipful heart as you go throughout the day. A thankful heart. Something good happens. Thank you, Lord, for that. Lord, thank you that you're working that. A difficult thing. Lord, help me in this. Lord, you see something. You pray for somebody. Just a, a connection with the Lord throughout the day. And that is a, a habit that starts developing. Right? If you say, I don't really have that throughout the day, it develops a habit. You, know, you could start developing that, and then it becomes natural. Then it starts to become this conversation throughout the day, here and there, with Jesus. So that's what it would look like. So which one are you? Is it possible you think you could be listening to Jesus when you're not? Is it possible that you think you could be open to Jesus and you're not? You know, this happens slowly over time. It doesn't happen right away. You could have this love affair with Jesus. I'm so close to Jesus. And then over time, you're like, what happened to me? I remember that time, and now I'm not even interested. And it's a slow thing that happens. It's slowly allowing bitterness to get in your heart and being resentful and being not forgiving. It's slowly about saying, you know, I'm just too tired. I'm just going to sleep in because I, don't, I can't have that time with God. I just, I'll, I'll do tomorrow. I'll do tomorrow. And it, it goes from, a, you know... It's from seven times a week to five times to three times over a year or two, two times. And, it's got, and it slowly happens. So we have to catch ourselves. Each day, we, we need to resubmit ourselves to the Lord. Lord, what is it in my life that I need to resubmit to you? And allow that to happen. Because that, that could happen slowly at times. This is a good time to evaluate where you're at with him. And then it says in verse 16 and 17, But blessed are your eyes, for they see. And your ears, for they hear. For surely I say to you, many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear. Blessed are you, disciples, because you're seeking me, and you have open ears and open eyes and open heart to what I have for you, because there are prophets of old wanting to see the Messiah, to hear his teachings, to see God in human form, and to experience him. And you get to experience him. Happy are you. And happy are us that we have the words of Jesus. And we have the words of the scripture that could teach us. Blessed are us that we can see him and we're yearning for him. 
which soil is your heart? We have an opportunity to hear from Jesus every single day. We have an opportunity for him to speak to us. We have an opportunity to speak to him and commune with him on a daily basis. God is calling us to wake up if that is not us. God is calling us to yearn from him more, to not take the surface, but to go in deep. And he's calling us to say, God, I want to hear you. Forgive me for being closed off. Forgive me for those areas that are closed off. I want to follow you. And listen to him this week. Spend time with him this week. Allow him to speak to you. And he will do that. So we have the first part. It's explained the, the, the parable was, was uh, communicated. Then Jesus goes on, the, the intermediate part, explaining what a parable is and talking about hearing and not hearing. And now this last part, he's going to be explaining the first parable. Because disciples say, what's going on here with this parable? So they want an explanation. So we're going to verses 18 and 19. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what is sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. So Jesus goes on to explain the parable um, to disciples. And each soil is a picture of your heart, the receptivity of one's heart. Um, the seed here, Jesus is the farmer, right? The seed here is the gospel message, his words that are going out, right? Being scattered amongst the people. And the receptivity is which heart is receiving of the seed, the word that goes out. It's kind of like when we, on this mission trip, we went and shared um, with people about Jesus. Some were really receptive. Some were, and others were like, no thanks, I'm good. You know, and, and kind of shut us off. And some, we talked to him and they're tracking with us. And then we get to a certain point and psh, all of a sudden they shut down. And that's kind of our hearts as well um, with when either we're hearing the message or just studying the word on our own, hearing that and how we respond to Jesus. So we want to examine our hearts. I want to speak to those um, in ministry. Those who are ministry and get discouraged sometimes when we're ministering. And you're discouraged. I'm preaching the word. I'm, I'm praying, I'm being diligent in what I do, what God has called me to do. And then I present it and it seems like nobody's there. It seems like everybody's closed off, there's no response. Jesus was the same way. People were closed off to him. Here there's four different soil types. It really depends on the listener. If their soil type, their heart is open and available to Jesus, open and available to those words. So we get discouraged thinking it's us, it's not working. We need to pray for the soil of our hearts to be open. And sometimes it's hardness of hearts that you're preaching to, but God still calls you to preach there and teach there and, and to persevere and to be faithful. So I want to encourage those in ministry to remain faithful because there are fruit. There are, you don't know when God has plowed up their hearts and things are changing. You need to keep being faithful. I've saw it in my life. I've seen in other people's life that the person is like this and all of a sudden you're like, what happened to them? The heart has changed. Remain faithful in, in, in serving the Lord. Remain faithful in teaching. Remain faithful in seeking him and, and being attentive to what the Lord wants you to bring. I want to encourage those in ministry in that. So the first soil. This is the footpath. This is uh, the wayside, the hard soil. This is the area between the farms that people walk. And the, skeed, the seed was scattered. And um, the birds came and swooped it up and ate it. And it's, he's explaining that the bird... Um, is Satan. The message is being put forth and Satan comes and grabs the, the seeds before it even gets um, room to germinate. 
And this is the hard heart. This is one who's not interested in hearing the word, God's word, not interested in hearing the gospel. I'm just, no, thank you. Could that be your heart? Now, most of you for here, maybe not, but maybe if a, a loved one invited you, a family member, this could be your, I'm just going for this person, you know, I'm not really interested, but I'm going because they asked me to, and they keep asking me to, and I feel bad, so I'm here. But maybe that's your heart. Maybe you're like, you know, I'm not really interested in this Jesus stuff, but uh, this person's nice, so I'll be nice too. You know, but hard hearts, uh, hard soil needs to be plowed up. And there's a verse in Hosea, and I like the, the New Living Translation on this one. It says, I said, plant good seeds of righteousness, and you will reap a harvest, you, and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. Now is the time to plow up the heart, because the Lord Seek the Lord. Now it's time to seek the Lord. Plow up those hearts. And he says he will shower you with righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is being right with God. It's being in good standing with God. If you're standing before God and he says, he, he doesn't see your sin, any of that, that's righteousness. Now the thing in the scriptures, it says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned, right? And, and God's standard is sinlessness. So if we all sin, we fall short of his standard. Right? None of us has righteousness. None of us is right standing before God. I don't care how good you think you are. You need to be perfect. You need to be sinless. You need to not lie to anybody. You need to not say any mean things. If you said it once in your life, well, I said it when I was five years old. Well, you're done. I guess so. You know, so I, there's, there's no one, right? No one is righteous. So then there's no hope for anybody. So if we were to stand before God, he said, why are you let you my heaven? I'm like, well, uh, 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 are you righteous? Uh, no, I sinned. Okay, you're out. There's no hope, right? But that's why Jesus came. That's the whole point of Jesus coming on the cross to die for us. He took all of our sin, he put it on himself, and he took it on the cross. He took the punishment that God, that we deserved from God on the cross, and he sacrificed for it. And what does he do when we believe in him? He gives us his righteousness. He gives us that standard we need, our sinlessness. So I get to put on this Jesus jacket that's sinless, right? I'm wearing it. And when I go to heaven, I'm like, I wonder if God's going to notice that I am covering up myself, right? And, and, he, and Jesus, God says, come on in. You're sinless. You're perfect. You reached my standard. You're welcome. And when we believe and put our faith in Jesus, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Our belief in Jesus, our belief in Jesus, who he is, that he died on the cross for our sins, he is God in human form, that he rose again from the dead, and that when we believe in him, we go to heaven, that belief is what gets us to heaven. You know, and that belief, then at, when we believe that, what does he do, it says here, because he's plowed up our hearts? He showers you with righteousness, right? He showers the, the right standing, and you are perfect before God. But he needs to plow up your heart to do that. So maybe some of you are here to say, I need that. I don't have that. I want that. And you ask the Lord, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I believe you're God. You died on the cross for my sins. You rose again from the dead. Welcome. Help me to follow you. That's the steps. And you take the steps and seek God. Find a mature brother or sister in faith here. Talk to us. Talk to the pastors. And we'll get you on the right track from there. But that's the first step. And God could do that. God could plow up the hard ground of hearts. Let's go to the next one. Okay, verse 20 through 21. 
But he who received the seed on stony path, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. So this one is the second one. We have the stony path. Remember, this is the one that had the thin layer of dirt and the limestone underneath, bedrock. So the seed would go in and the sun would come and scorch it and it'd be so hot, all that little bit of dirt would be completely dry and parched and it would shrivel up the plant and the plant would die because it didn't have the deep roots. It was surface, it was shallow. So you see a lot of uh, Christianity is very shallow. That we're like, yeah, I like this, but all this I'm not interested in. And maybe you hear, you, you hear well, I, I came, you might have excitement, yeah, I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm all about Jesus, and then somebody makes fun of you, be like, oh. Or something, a car breaks down, or something bad happens, and it's like, no, no, I thought my life was supposed to be perfect. I thought I was supposed to have any more pain, or any more heartache, or any difficulty. I thought I was supposed to be happy all the time. I didn't sign up for this. Maybe somebody starts making fun of you because you start talking to them and say something, oh, I read this scripture. What are you, some Jesus freak? What's wrong with you? Oh, You know, and that's persecution in America. That's nothing compared to the other part of the world. I wouldn't even call that persecution. That's like a badge of honor. Like, all right, I'm with Jesus. But, I mean, persecution in another world, you you get killed, you get beaten, you get imprisoned. I mean, that's real persecution. You don't know if something's going to happen to you or your family in other parts of the world. But what happens is because those persecution comes, they run. So it seemed they received it, they accepted it with joy in the beginning, and then it was too much. They didn't count the cost. And they go off. Could that be your heart? Could you be like, yeah, I'm with Jesus, but all this other stuff, wow, that's too much. So no, I'm just going to church. I'll just go to church, and that feel good, and that kind of covers it all. Because, you know, God will say I go to church, so I'm a good guy. You know, but we've kind of shut Jesus off in other areas of our hearts, saying, you know, I'm not interested. I go this far, but no more. That may be you. Which soil is your heart? See, the first two soils have a level of closed offness. Obviously, the first one is like, definitely not. But the second one, there was receptivity and then closed off. Maybe that happened in your life where there was receptivity and then you closed off and then you haven't really reopened your heart to God. And God is calling you today to reopen your heart to him. And he's calling you, he's beckoning, saying, I'm calling to you. Hear me, respond to me. And we need to choose if I'm going to soften my heart and open it up or am I going to keep it hard and closed. That's a choice that God is giving you. Let's go to the next soil. Verses 13, uh, chapter 13, 22. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the septiness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. This is the third soil, the soil of the weeds. He scattered the seed and it fell amongst the weeds. And the weeds, the plant started growing up and then it got choked out. Uh, So you saw a nice plant, but... You didn't have any fruit. And the weeds here um, represent unrepentant sins. You know, as a believer, we walk, and I would say most of the church is between three and four, right? The soils. Um, unrepentant sins, or we allow weeds to grow up, and we don't, we don't tear them up. They just start growing. And if, and if we just keep allowing those sins in our life, they eventually will choke out our fruitfulness, our following Jesus, our example. If we just let them stay there, it could be bitterness, it could be anger, it could be um, gossip, it could be lying, it could be whatever sin has got you hold of, it could start choking out. You, oh, choking out your godly actions. 
because it, it kind of happens over time. And the first one it says, it says two things descriptive of this group here, the soil. It says the cares of the world and the deceptiveness of riches. Those are the two things that choke out the word, choke out the scripture that is the seed that is in you of the scripture. Cares of this world. This is the concerns of every day. The busyness, being consumed, the worries that I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this, and then I have to do this. And I got to drop the kids off at this sports thing, and then I have to go run and get this. I have to go to the gym, and I have to, I have to um, go to the, the ATM, and then I have to do this. And then, oh, the refrigerator's not working. I said, you get it, get it fixed. I got to call, I find another refrigerator, and I, I don't know if we're going to get it. And what if the food spoils? And you, you get consumed, right? We just, it just gets, I hope I didn't get any anxious. You, you, you get, you get kind of consumed by it, by the worries of this world. Um, and we get distracted and it could be anything. I mean, if you're an adult, if you, if you're a teenager, I, you know, you could be taking all AP academic classes and, and, and right when you get home from school till two o'clock in the morning, you're doing schoolwork and you're consumed, you're consumed and it chokes out the time with God. And I've seen this, and, I, and, and it could be sports, if you're talking teenagers. It could be sports and just being consumed, and that becomes your whole thing, and it chokes out. And there needs to be a point when you say, no, I remember my mom says, you're not taking honors courses. You're not taking that. You're going to take this. And so I had a lot more free time. I actually enjoyed it. I don't know why students do that to themselves. <laughs> but that's personally my opinion. Um, and here's the thing for parents. I just want to speak to parents here. The Lord's in control of your life, and the Lord's in control of your student's life. They will get you in the school and the career and the path that he wants you. People think, if I, if I do really well, I get a really good uh, uh, college, and I get a really good job, and, and the Lord will lead you. The Lord will direct you. If you're open to him, he will direct your steps. I see people go through all these huge things, and I'm like, you went there? I thought you were trying to get in an Ivy League or something. It, was it worth it? I don't think it's worth it. And sometimes that crowds out. Maybe it's work. Maybe we're working tons of hours because I want this and I want that. I want the home. I, I want the perfect lawn. I want the car. I want people to say, hey, look at me. And, and I want to fit in with everybody. And we try to do, and we get so consumed by these things that it chokes out the word. It chokes out the fruitfulness. It's so easy. We live in Bergen County. Oh, my goodness. You got to keep up with the Joneses here big time. And it's so easy and so easy to be tempted by it. Early this week, I was consumed with cares and the worries and, and all the stuff. And I realized I was grumpy and cranky and you guys, my wife. And, and it was just a little, and, and, then, and then I remember reading a scripture and I'm going to explain the scripture to you. And I was like, oh, I need to give this over to the Lord. And the scripture was, um, it was in Second Chronicles. Uh, it was with uh, King Jehoshaphat. Uh, king Jehoshaphat uh, was the king of Judah and three countries formed an alliance and was coming up against him. And there's no way he could defeat them. It was just too huge. And so what he did, he called everybody together. He called, called you together, said, let's fast and fall before. They went to the temple and fall before the Lord and crying out to the Lord for help. That's the first good step. Your craziness going on in your life, you stop everything, you go before the Lord and you fall before him. And so the Lord sent a prophet to speak, and the prophet said this. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by the mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Did you hear that? Amen to the Lord. The battle is not yours, but God's. 
And it puts you in perspective. And what happened in the rest of the story is Judah got their army and they were mustering, they're they marching out. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking as I'm reading the story, I'm like, oh, they're, they're gonna be a little bit of battle, but God's gonna send angels and all it's gonna be awesome, right? You know, some cool stuff happening. You ever hear the story about marching in the treetops? I love that story. Anyway, that's another time. Um, so so here, so what happened was as they're marching out, one of the countries was here, and the two other countries destroyed that army. And then the two armies destroyed each other. And when Israel, I mean Judah, when they're marching up, they get there, there's just dead bodies everywhere. The humongous mighty army was destroyed. It took them, it said, three days to collect all the armor and equipment and plunder, uh, gold, all the stuff they had to take it back to Judah. It took them three days. Their whole army's going back and forth. That's a, that's a lot of stuff. Did one of them go into battle? No. The battle was the Lord's. And sometimes with the cares of the world, and the Lord reminded me of this, and, and the cares of the world, I had to lay before the Lord. The roots were starting to grow up, right? The cares of this world were starting to grow up, and, and the Lord showed me this in his word, and I had to start pulling it out. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I trust you. The battle is yours. I'm going to trust you in this situation. I'm going to pray. I'm going to lift it up. You have this. You have all my cares. You have all that's going on. You hold me in your hand, and you will help me. And we need to do that. We need to uproot some of those things. The Lord reminds it, and that's why I love scripture. The Lord wants to speak to you. You know, when you're alone with him and have a time with you, he wants to speak. Most of us are not hearing God because we're not putting in ourselves in position to hear from him speak to us in his word. So I want to encourage you, if that's not a practice on a daily basis, start doing it. And before you read, Lord, speak to me, whatever it is. Spend some time in prayer, then read, and then spend some time in prayer after. The battle is the Lord, so that you won't be consumed by this. The second one is deceptiveness. So there's two things to choke it out. That's the cares of the world and the deceptiveness of riches. We think of the rich young ruler, right? Um, and he's going out. He goes to Jesus and Jesus, you know, he says, I, I want to follow you. He goes, he goes, give up everything and come follow me. And that was too much. He was all religious. He, did, he obeyed all the laws. He did all the stuff. But to give up his riches was too much. And here's the thing about riches. Riches are so, it's his deceptiveness. It's a trick. Because, oh, the riches, that's going to give me security. That's going to give me um, satisfaction, that's going to give me happiness, that's going to give me um, whatever those things you're looking for, status, power, if I have all those things, I'll get that. And that's acceptiveness of riches. I want that. I see all the people on TV, I want that. I see all the houses I drive by every day, and I don't have that house. And we cry over it. Hopefully you're not crying over it because you're being deceived by the riches, because you don't see the person inside the house. And you get all this stuff and you're still not happy. You're still not getting the things you want because it's not enough. If I just had more, if I just have more, then, okay, then it will happen. No. It's deceptive. It won't bring the fulfillment you're looking for. Your priorities are wrong. Your priorities aren't getting all that stuff, right? And it distracts us. It distracts us from what the Lord has for us. It distracts us for um, seeking him. Instead, we're spending all our time seeking that, and all the cares of the world, it's distracting us from seeking all of, trying to fix all of that. And the whole time, we're not, a priority is not the Lord, it's those other things. And what does it do? It chokes out the word. Because then I'm not filled with the Spirit. I love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. That's not all flowing from me. It's not, because it says here, it's not productive. It doesn't produce any fruit. The fruit are godly actions. If I'm consumed by the cares of the world, I'm bitter. I don't have the fruit uh, uh, of joy. Is there any joy in me? Not at that time. Or patience. How impatient you get when you have all the cares of the world or 
and all the stresses of the world and trying to make it up the ladder to get what you want. You're not. There's no fruit being produced. It chokes out the fruit. The godly actions following Jesus, I become more consumed with that than saying, okay, uh, you know, to obey God in my workplace, I'm not going to get the promotion. God's a priority. I'm not getting the promotion. And you need to surrender that and saying, whatever the Lord wants me to do, I'm going to live. I'm going to live as a person of integrity. I'm going to, um, if I need to speak about Jesus to somebody, and that may hamper my getting a promotion or getting a raise, then I'm going to do that because God is my priority. But let me tell you, that is not easy. You guys could amen me all morning. That is true. Keep going. That's a word. Um, I'm not going <laughs> to not stop that. But the reality is when you get there, it's not so easy. And it's like, all right, Lord, the battle is yours, and I need to surrender it to him. And the reality here of riches, this is 1 Timothy 6, 9, it says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare into many foolish and harmful lusts that drown men in destruction and perdition. Do you believe this? Because if you're following the deceptiveness of riches, you don't believe this. You believe riches are going to bring you happiness. You believe riches are going to bring fulfillment and security. This says different. Do you believe God's word or, or the septimness of riches? You need to examine our hearts to see what we actually believe. And it says here, it, 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 the desire for riches, you could be poor and be rich, desiring riches. You could be middle class and desiring riches. You could be, it doesn't matter what status you are. It's that desire of riches, you fall in temptations and snares and to many foolish and harmful lusts. And it drowns them in, in destruction. I don't want to be drowned in destruction. That's not what I want. So I want to surrender. God, you hold everything. You have all the, wor- the money in the world. Everything is your, all the resources. I trust you with everything. Lord God, I give it to you. And not seek those things. Seek the Lord. All those things, security, um, joy, peace, happiness, can be found in the Lord. When you come into the Lord's presence and you experience the Lord, it's like nothing. Everything fades away. In that moment, you're just with the Lord, and the Lord wants to give you that. Now, is it going to be hunky-dory? No. God's going to challenge you. There's, everybody's going to go through trials, but here's the good thing at trials. You have one helping you. You have one fighting your battles. You have one carrying you, giving you strength, giving you the word to encourage you so you're not discouraged. That's the good news about with the Lord. You're going to go through it, but you've got somebody with you. He's pretty big. He's got it going. So that's, so the second one is the weeds. We need to weed out those things. Could that be you? Uh, which soil is your heart? Most of us fall into this camp. Um, and the Lord wants us to be aware of those things. He wants us to weed it out so our heart could be open. So fruit could just flow from us. Joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness will flow from us. Godly actions will just flow from us. Because when you commune with God and live in a grateful heart, it happens. If you want to be all religious and be like, I have to be a good person. I have to say this and I have to do this even though I don't feel like doing it. That's all me. But the, the reality is when we get before the Lord, we start, it starts to flow. And that's what we want. It makes it easier. So meet with the Lord and allow him to change your heart. Let's look at verses, uh, verse 23. But he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. Who indeed, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. This is the good soil. This is the good crop. This is the soil of heart we want. One who's receptive to Jesus in every way and, and receiving what he has for us. 
We hear him and we follow him. We understand him. We seek him. We seek, go deeper. Um, this is the one who looks like a follower of Jesus. Now, you could also look like a follower of Jesus and not be the soil. But one who'd actually look like a follower of Jesus would be in this category. One who spends time with Jesus. One who obeys Jesus. One who seeks to worship him and seek him from a sincere heart. This is this category. And I could tell you there are times I flip in between three and four like I did this week, right? And, and just because we're believers, we're not always in four, but I am receptive to Jesus. And I weed out those things and the, the fruit gets produced. And we just need to be aware of that. We need to wear of areas of our hearts that are closed. Because there are some areas that we close off that we are completely unaware of. We need to ask God, God, show me if there's areas I'm closed off to. Like I'm good here, I'm so open here, I'm so open here, I'm so open here. I'm, whoa, I don't know about that one. And we need to examine that and say, Lord, what areas of my heart? Because there's always, the Lord always needs to do a work in us as we're constantly growing and maturing in him. Could that be your heart? I hope that is your heart. And I hope that is your desire of your heart to be that heart. Which soil is your heart? We talked about the four soils. The first one was the hard footpath, the way, wayside. That was one who's closed off, right? The second one was the rocky soil. You have a thin layer of dirt and then the, the rocks. So they're closed off on the bottom. The seed comes in in persecution and they walk away from God and say, I'm not interested. That cost is too great. The third soil was the weeds that we allowed to grow up in our lives. It could be the cares and anxieties of, of, of this world, the acceptance of wealth, and the sins that we're not willing to root up those sins, and we just let them grow. And it's okay, I could be a believer, and just let them grow, and it chokes out your, your witness. It chokes out um, the fruit in your life. You know, you have an opportunity to change your heart this morning. Every day, God gives you an opportunity to change your heart. You need to seek him and ask him, Lord, change my heart. I've been rebellious. I've been stubborn. Lord, I need you. Uh, this life that I think I'm going towards all these sins just doesn't really fulfill me. It's leading me to a mess of my life, and I see that. Lord, change this in me. I need you to do it. Um, make the changes. Surrender to him. And I love this verse. This verse is meant for Israel, but I believe it could be applied today. It's Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. God desires to give you a new heart. God desires to plow up those areas of your heart that are closed to him. He wants to take the heart of stone out of you and put a heart of flesh. He wants to have the Holy Spirit reside in you and empower you to do that. If you're not a believer, he wants to put the Holy Spirit inside of you so that you could follow and hear from him. If you are a believer, he, he wants to do a new work in you. And refine those areas. Convict you of sin. When you get a conviction, respond to it. Lord, forgive me. Help me to follow you. He wants to do that in you. So don't think you're too far gone. You're never too far gone. Don't think that sin is never, I can never get a handle on it. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit is, is within you as a believer. And he could do that. And he could make that new. Allow him to do that this morning. Let us pray together. Dear Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your grace in our lives. Lord, I thank you that in spite of where we're at, you love us. And you continually draw us. You continually chase after us. You continually are there for us. Lord, forgive us for our stubborn hearts. Forgive us for those areas that we are stubborn to and closed off to you, Lord Jesus. Awaken us to them. Change the areas of our heart that are stone 
and make it a flesh. Make it receptive to you. Lord, help us have eyes to see your truth and ears to hear you. Lord, give us a yearning to commune with you on a daily basis. A desire to surrender and worship you. Lord, we need your work in our lives. Bring change to us. Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And your altars are open if you'd like to come before the Lord as we worship. Please rise. Thank you, Pastor Lou. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Let's stand together as we close in song. And as Pastor said, the uh, altars are open if you'd like to come up and spend a little time alone or maybe praying with somebody or just reflecting on what was taught today. Great words from the word.
God, you are good. Lord, we are thankful for your faithfulness. We are thankful for your grace. We are thankful for your goodness and your kindness and your love and your forgiveness. Lord, may we walk in that. May we just reflect upon not our sins, not our shortcomings. May we keep in forefront of our mind your goodness and your love and your character because that leads us to repentance. Your kindness leads us to repentance, Lord God. Your your character, who you are, leads us to following. We love we. Run in thankfulness to you, Lord. May we run in thankfulness this week and in gratitude for what you've done for us and what you're doing. Lord, give us strength. Help us to follow. Help us to honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.